0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Bear Guys and Tootie Fitness.
1: Everything sequel contains explicit language, and why the fudge not, you melon farmer?
0: Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This is the Rambo Edition, Rambo 3. My name is Michael Schantz. I am of the How You Awards. Joining me, of course, is Tom Stewart from Lonesome Whistle Productions. What do you got for me, Tom?
1: Hell of a time for humor, John. <laughs> Even the characters in this movie can't believe yes. the amount of comic banter
0: and one-liners. I'm telling you, this movie is a full-blown fucking comedy. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it's a it's an extension of a Bing Crosby, Bob Hope Road movie.
1: Yeah, I likened That's it to... That's what they a,
0: seem to be going for. Yeah, I likened it to Butch... But
1: towards the end of the movie, it's definitely... It's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. There's a little bit of lethal weapon in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a buddy... Uh, a buddy comedy. A buddy it's comedy. It's a buddy cop. It's, or not cop, but it's a it's a buddy romp. A double act buddy comedy. Yeah. By the end of the movie. Doesn't start out that way, but it gets nope. there. Right. Right. <laughs> And and a piece of state propaganda, and <laughs> an impassioned defense of the Mujahideen.
0: Right. <laughs> and if I you can imagine all those things in one movie. Oh, my
1: God. Rambo
0: 3. Rambo 3 is just a... So, and I, you know, I, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the 1988 sequel, Rambo 3. We have forgotten altogether about First Blood. We're just on the Rambos now. This was so this... directed, Tom, by Peter McDonald. Mm-hmm. The only other movies he's directed are The NeverEnding Story 2, which I suppose we'll have to tackle at some point. I don't. I'm... No, I'm sorry. The NeverEnding Story 3. I'm not sure I knew that there was a third one. And then he directed. <laughs> it's never Mo... ending, Michael. It's in the title. <laughs> he directed Mo Money. Uh huh. And that's about it. He has been an assistant director on just all kinds of shit: Dragon Slayer, Cry Freedom, The First Batman, like Tim Burton's Batman, Harry Potter two, three, and four, The Bourne Ultimatum, if
1: Guardians you'd have of se- the Galaxy. If you'd, have, if you'd have said the Adam West Batman, I
0: still would have believed you. <laughs> Absolutely, based on what we're seeing in this movie,
1: I lo- I, I got I, I think first of all that's a very respectable resume. Yeah. Secondly, I love how this movie's directed. One of my so, first and that's one of thing. my first notes is like I love the way that exposition is done entirely through images. Mhm. That's really smart filmmaking. Smart. Not a word is said and we know exactly what's happening. We're in Thailand. They're searching for Rambo. Yep. And uh, Rambo is
0: now a uh kickboxer stick fighter a what stick fighter there's a little bit of kickboxing in there too well i think you're gonna have to say it's more stick fighting than anything else (laughs) okay
1: rambo is now conan the barbarian (laughs) which is what it looks
0: like (laughs) this movie not as successful Big Money Overseas it had a budget of 63 million so we increased the budget yet again only 13 million on its opening weekend 53.7 total in the USA so it did not make its money back Ooh. but worldwide 189 million how or, did it do how did it do in
1: Afghanistan
0: <laughs> right I'd like those numbers please and how
1: badly did it do in Russia
0: <laughs> at the time tom this was the most expensive movie ever made at 63 million dollars 1988 i was
1: going to say it's all on screen
0: and it is but in a very specific
1: way <laughs> go on well no i just mean that <laughs> i just i just mean it's in the in the excess of action but as you've alluded to it's excessive even for Late '80s action cinema.
0: Well, and so, like, so it doesn't need to be the most expensive movie, ever, right? Mate. And here's the thing. I mean, I've alluded to this in our previous episodes, especially our, our our introductory episode. I remember hating this movie when I first saw it in theaters in 1988. I'm sure I have seen it. This is this is probably the the movie I'd seen the least certainly of the first three movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was not a repeat viewer for me like Rambo First Blood Part Two was when I was a kid. So I probably saw it when it came out on vi- videotape, like on VHS again, and then thought, no, I was right, that movie sucked. But I gotta tell you, I'm three quarters of the way through this movie, and I, I was like, what's my problem? This yeah. movie's fucking awesome. That would have been great. my
1: question to you also.
0: And then yeah. <laughs> I do think that the movie devolves into basically a Batman episode, like oh, a West Batman episode. Ridiculous, but it's so ridiculous that it's successful on that level. And so, I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. this is my second favorite of the sequels, and I declared a good movie, uh, as have you. We are on right the same on... in both cases. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I mean, I I think. I did, and I, I don't think I was on mic when I said this, but my problems with it came from this viewing. I actually thought this was the best sequel.
0: Where uh, Of course you thought the third
1: movie. Yeah. Going in, right. you thought the third movie was the best. Because I'm conditioned to think that way. Uh, and, you know, I gave my reasons before. It's figured out its formula and it's having fun with it, and those are my favorite kinds of sequels. But... Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, 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 some, some of that gloss kind of stripped away watching it. Only eighteen months after the last time I, I uh, saw it, and I think, I mean, it's <laughs> like, the, you can't get around the fact that history has not served this movie well. No. Yeah you you alluded to the fact when we, in the last should episode should I just
0: give you like a blanket three to five minutes to talk about this and the living daylights or do you want to stay on <laughs> Rambo 3
1: <laughs> I'm not going to dignify that with an answer but yes <laughs> Um, yeah I mean this is a very specific moment of history where Hollywood is um, has decided that the that Afghanistan and all
0: its major characters should be working with Osama bin Laden.
1: Right, right. <laughs> the Mujahideen are then are, are in they're a very yeah. The they're,
0: they're,
1: they're the heroes. Uh, what between eighty five and eighty
0: eight? I think so. That's yeah. The yeah, Living Daylights is eighty seven. Eighty seven uh, is Living Daylights. And <laughs>
1: what's so? It's just. You can't really describe, even through like a discussion based podcast, how much glorification of the Mujahideen, the Afghanistani uh, resistance against Russian invasion mm-hmm. is in this movie. Yeah. There's a dedication
0: to them at the end of the movie. Yes. In words. In words. I was... I mean I, I did not remember that. No. <laughs> I did not remember that those As soon words as were that on, came up I said,
1: this... "Wow, they've really screwed themselves. They have no deniability now." No. Rambo 3 caused 9/11, everyone.
0: But Well, and that's the thing is because this movie the original ending was supposed to be him staying with them. Right. That was going to be the original ending. Cut and you, to John J. Rambo flying a plane into the Pentagon.
1: <laughs> I, oh. I, feel, I feel that sentence got away from the truth at one point.
0: <laughs> at the very least. But let me ask you this.
1: <laughs> now, you I was you mentioned it. I wasn't going to bring it up. But you mentioned the living daylight, so I guess we have to talk about it. <laughs> um.
0: My fault. Sorry, everyone. <laughs>
1: But, you know, I, 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 I've i seen that movie a lot. I do remember there is a moment very, very similar to... Th- th- this is a Bond... By the way, for those who don't know, this is a Bond movie where the Mujahideen are Bond's main allies in the movie and where he's temporarily Correct. working with them in their uh, terrorist operations. Um but there is a similar scene where they ask him to stay and join the war effort yeah uh, so just to give you some kind of context that uh there was you know that the action cinema of that time was identifying this kind of maverick lone hero with what the Afghani people were doing um so that's kind of interesting but go ahead what was your, your question
0: well i was just <laughs> controversial as though it may be because if you've also <laughs> seen charlie wilson's war uh-huh which will give you the context of what was going on in reality where we were supplying yes the mujahideen through our government but yes. then we fucked up the end game so is yes. it possible in the context of when these movies were made in the 80s that their cause was righteous and they radicalized because we fucked up the endgame? That's not controversial. I, I mean, is that... I don't think that's controversial.
1: I think that's an accepted truth now. Okay. Among people who can, you know, understand facts and things. Which <laughs> right. is about, what, 40% of the country? <laughs> <laughs> At least. Um,
0: yeah, no, I think... I Absolutely. Uh... So it's only in... You know, hindsight... That we say <laughs> well, this. Th- these two movies don't age yeah. well. Yeah, they but just... they could have aged just fine... If our government yeah. could have got its shit together, right? Possibly? True, but I mean... Certainly know, this but... movie
1: and i'm pretty sure the living daylights is getting some of its money this way too you know this is these were the this was the filmmaking arm of supplying you know it was supplying cultural goods to afghan afghanistan by glorifying their their uh their actions on an yeah. international stage so this was the kind of propaganda propaganda equivalent of selling you know supplying arms and training to them, was making them the heroes of American cinema. So this is all part of the same problem. Because if you look at the credits of these movies, of this movie, sorry, this movie, half the American government are credited. Yeah. In the credits of Rambo 3, which says to me that this is pure... Purely state propaganda and also explains why we're suddenly taking it easy on the government bureaucrats who were the villains of the last movie. Of the last movie. And and First Blood. Yeah. Um, You know, everyone in a position of of legal or government authority up until this point in the franchise. Has been a villain. Has been a villain. And now they're represented by lovable Kirkwood Smith. (laughs) Right. Who uh, is straight up with Rambo from the start. Yeah, makes a special trip to go and tell him that Trappin's been him that kidnapped. That was a fuck up, right? <laughs> and he's, you know, like the 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 worst they're willing to go is say, oh, he's a little bit ornery, but you know, he's got a hard job. <laughs> <laughs> Flash forward to the credits, office of the Senate of Congressman, blah 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 blah, and I'm like, oh, now it all makes sense, right? Um, so, but aside from that, I mean, I I don't actually think it's it's laughable because they're so off the mark as to how history has progressed. Yeah. And they screwed themselves so royally because it's not even subtext, it's just text. Text, actual text. Yeah. Actual 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 verbal text. <laughs> but um but I I don't think it's a I don't think it's a problem for the movie, it's also not a problem in the Living Daylights, which is certainly I would say the best Bond film of the eighties, probably one of the best Bond films of all time. Um, so it doesn't compromise I love that them.
0: Movie.
1: It doesn't compromise Rambo Three as a as an enjoyable act piece of action entertainment, which it 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 sets out its stall very early on that that's what it's going to be, mm-hmm. and. Um, so i don't think it's it's a huge problem where where it starts to get difficult is when is you know having there's no reflection well there's no room for it structurally in this movie at all but there's no reflection on you know cuz essentially the mujahideen are doing what the viet cong did to the americans in right. terms, you know, their resistance is of, of a very similar nature, you know, grassroots. Well, it's blatantly
0: stated by Troutman. Yeah,
1: exactly. But he's, there's, got, but he's got a hell of a speech. But at no point does that lead to a reflection where we're like, oh, well, maybe, you know, we should reconsider how we think of the Viet Cong and the Vietnamese mm-hmm. people in general. Which is the next stage of that thinking that the movie just can't get to. And that kind of hypocrisy is—it's hard to take, right? Politically, but you know, certain—you know, this this idea of like the—it makes sense historically, but it it makes sense in terms of movie making that you would go to Afghanistan. It, it certainly, it's certainly—it's the war of the moment, the war of the week, as we talked about on the minisode,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, guest war. Right. Afghanistan. Starring so. guest
0: war Afghanistan.
1: Yeah. So I don't have a problem with it at that level, but it, it it raises a number of questions that are not just about hindsight, that are about not being able to reconcile your own role in world politics through mm-hmm. this example. Yeah. Because somehow, like you say, Troutman makes the analogy where he sort of says to the you know, to the Russian his Russian interrogators, you know, this is your Vietnam. You know, what you're doing to these people yeah. we did to them. But that the they accept no responsibility. No, right, exactly. <laughs> and for some reason that means that that means that Af- you know, that the Mujahideen are honourable, but the Vietnamese still aren't. I mean, it, it doesn't right, yeah. it doesn't add up. So it's weird that you would even pick that analogy <laughs> because you're not willing to do the I was really struck by that on it. this
0: viewing where I said, "Wait, so Troutman's acknowledging yeah. that what they're doing is like what we did, but yet we're still righteous and they're evil." But but this is the this is the thing that sort of in wrapping it all
1: up in their kind of get out is basically but the Russians were working with the Viet Cong. So whoever works with the Russians is the enemy. Like even, uh-huh. even if you're Afghanistani and you're supplying information to the Russians, you're the enemy. Right. If you're a Russian who decides not to support the Russians and sell out your people like Yuri, you're
0: mm-hmm. suddenly
1: a good guy. So it's very clear where the morality line is. It's like you're either, with, you're either on one side of the Cold War or you're not. Right. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say. But this is very late for that kind of thinking. I mean, detente and de escalation of the Cold War is. This is 88. The Mm -hmm. Berlin Wall's about to fall. Yeah. It's very. Even. And and this is where the comparison to Living Daylights is actually quite good because the Living Daylights doesn't go so far as to say the Russian state isn't. uh, Like, isn't going through a process of detente and de-escalation. It's always just rogue agents within the, within the Russian military who are screwing everything up. But here, it's very clearly saying you know, I mean, you know, by this point right, Reagan's right, right. already renounced his evil empire statement, visited um, visited Russia, St. Petersburg, stood in St. Petersburg Square and said, I was wrong when I said you were an evil empire. Right. And so somehow Rambo hasn't got the memo yet that he's, the Cold War <laughs> is pretty much over.
0: Nothing's filtered down to, to uh, the to the the temple where he's working with the monks.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is, so by that's, the way,
0: where this movie starts? Yeah. Well, well first you have the stick fight. This I
1: love this scene.
0: Yeah, I do. I too. love this scene. But is it is it not astonishing to watch this scene through the goggles of COVID? Because <laughs> it's just rafters of people. Well, now I will together. forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Make sure you're not sharing gloves, guys. Okay.
0: Well, and, and <laughs> this this movie also kind of boldly declares exactly what this movie's yeah. going to be because yeah. Rambo has his shirt off. Minute fucking one. <laughs> well, for, It starts with shirt off. As you alluded to at
1: the end of the last episode, this begins with Stallone turning, looking directly into the camera, right. walking into the camera, and walking past it as if he was a 3D effect. <laughs> this is Rambo 3D in all but 3D. Oh, man. Um, and then we have a fight scene that, you know, as you alluded to with COVID, the COVID statement, more extras than we've ever seen in these previous two movies. Right. And we'll probably ever see again. Yeah. All spectacle. It feels like a fantasy scene from Conan the Barbarian. I've already made the comparison. Um, And just the, the idea that it's all performative. It's all spectacle. Mm-hmm. Like you say, his shirt's off immediately. The fighting with nunchucks—it's like sticks, there's no. Since pre- Tom sticks stick fighting, there's no pretense that this is anything <laughs> other than action entertainment. No, oh, yeah, and I think that's what the scene functioned, as well as you know, again.
0: Yeah. You could uh, say it shows a little bit that the tiniest bit of character development because the his earnings he just gives to the monks right away when he gets. On
1: yeah, the I I noted that too. That that I thought maybe that was a that was walking back some of the, the racism towards um, you know, anyone who's on anyone who's not American. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I was a that that seemed to me to be a nod that yeah, like he's But it's 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 problematic for the next movie because he's very Zen at the beginning of this movie, like Yeah. The other function that the the fight serves to show that it's to show that weirdly, even though that this is a very extreme piece of combat, he's able to con- you know, like he he spares his opponent.
0: You basically have the, the end blow. of the second movie. Yeah. Well, except and he's got no he's got no at the uh, beginning of this movie. And you know, it's it's
1: Rambo three, it's not personal. This guy's just his opponent. He's like, Okay, fight's over, let's stop. You've fought a good fight. Here's the money. But that's the weird I thing go about home. this
0: movie is that you have this moment where the homicidal maniac is about to take over and he has to stare, he has to glare at this person for a moment before he gets his senses. Then that's followed immediately by Troutman coming to see him and say, come full circle. You're just a killing <laughs> machine. That's what we need you to be. That's well, who you are. Accept it. I don't think there's
1: any recognizable school of therapy that would condone what Troutman is advocating. Right? <laughs> which which is that. Which is that he's basically saying, you're very, you know, like, you're in a very zen place at the moment, but it's bullshit.
0: But it's all nonsense.
1: It's going to fall away and you're going to go back to killing people and blowing shit up. So, so why government. don't you do it? Why don't you do it with me with in me, a way that yeah. would help the government, basically?
0: Well, and just to end this segment, let me just say that this movie proposes that the US's best chance is to send their most handsome senior citizen by himself into Afghanistan so let's just let everybody chew on that during a commercial break and then we'll come back and explain it when we come back how about that sounds good that was a different time
1: They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherfers, guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer.
0: And we're back. Tom and I are here, of course, talking about the 1988 sequel, Rambo 3. When we left, Tom, we were at the part of the story where Troutman tries to convince Rambo that he's nothing but a mindless killing machine and that he should just accept it. Yep. I guess it ends up being proven true because this movie set a Guinness record as the most violent movie.
1: Wow. Wait, wait, wait. Have these people seen Cannibal Holocaust? or anything? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like, what was the criteria here? Uh, acts of violence. Okay. So I guess. Yeah.
1: All right. I'll it's get not it just that.
0: dead bodies. But at any rate, it did it, it, it set a Guinness World Record. And now, this is where I draw a delineation between this movie and Rambo 4. because Rambo is almost essentially in both movies. he's in the same place. He's completely he's found a place for himself, right? Yeah, he's just happier about it in this. Movie. He's yeah and he's he's a happier person, you know, either banging on tin at the mo- at the at the temple with the monks in this movie and catching cobras and pythons in the the next movie.
1: Which, let's face it, looks a lot less fun.
0: Right. But at any rate, he seems to have found a place in the world where he is comfortable. And in both movies, somebody comes and says, do this with me. And he says, no. Right. Now, because of his relationship to Troutman, this movie is more successful for me in him deciding to do what he does
1: well the decision's taken out of his hands because Troutman gets kidnapped
0: he still he still can make the choice though tom
1: yeah but i mean i mean i i don't we, see we as an audience
0: because, have well, a personal history with the character too so we can't conceive of him making that choice and that's why it works better
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, all Troutman does is get him into dangerous situations.
0: By the way, Troutman, a senior, senior, he's like 62 in this movie. So the U.S. military sends a 62-year-old man into Afghanistan with apparently one clip on his machine gun. Did you notice when he gets kidnapped? He's shooting one clip. He shoots out one clip, pulls it out and just goes, God damn it. (laughs) Like, well, I'm done for.
1: And that, that even just that scene of him getting kidnapped feels like a reshoot or an afterthought. Because uh, we just go to Afghanistan without any establishing shot, mm-hmm. any idea that we're there. We figure it out when... I mean, I know.
0: suppose we have that he said, I'm going. So when you see him in his army garb in a jeep...
1: Maybe it's maybe it is just a little you know, a little bit of filmmaking naivety, something that a more established director would have Right. I don't know. But it's a very strange scene. I mean, again, I mean we're going back to talking about how history has not served this movie well, but right. uh we will continue in American movies to hear the sound of explosions, gunfire, and the words Al-Akbar, but in a very different context.
0: Right. Not where they're the victim. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then of course he's kidnapped by the Russians and I love that they kidnap him we we kind of referenced his big speech about Vietnam and this is your Vietnam yeah. did you notice that the Russian villain has like pictures of of his family on the mirror yeah and you, you're you
1: kind of laughing at that I kind of quite liked it really I mean, he's established in a very
0: cartoonish way um well, that's what, that was. That was why it made me laugh With because the chess he's, and the cigarettes. He's purpo- yeah. He's purported to be a cartoonish villain who's a family man.
1: <laughs> but then the last movie did the same kind of thing. You know, I, we, we talked about how like Murdoch is not acting like he's not a villain he's just doing his job and i think they're trying to make the same point here he you know he he looks at his family at exactly the moment he says you've been abandoned by your government so we're supposed to at least say that you know everyone who's who's in afghanistan after 9 years of bloodbath is a victim at this point yeah of course they don't follow up on that and right. he he <laughs> becomes course. this crazy screaming smoking chess playing villain again uh-huh. But I do like that they take it down a notch just for that moment. In in an I I mean and the, the you know jumping forward to the last line of the movie you know we we they say uh, we've gotten soft. I know. I think also the filmmaking has got soft. They're more concerned with families and kids and women and the suffering. You know, I mean, not not in a way that. Saves any of those people, but um, right, certainly exactly. philosophically, they're they think you know they thinking
0: in more sense. They're sentimental on the way. mind of of the filmmakers, right? And you know this, and time you alluded for- to this in, in the previous episode where because we talked about the character Ko and introducing this sort of female prote- protagonist yeah. and love interest, which humanized the character of Rambo in a way we've never had since yeah. before or since even Colonel Troutman, his connection with Troutman doesn't really reach the level that you found with Co. And I, I disagree. You, I think this movie is a love story between those two men. Well, but I, I, I would argue that I think it's more successful in because, because it's just, Oh yeah. It, Cause it's, it's the heart of this movie. It's played for such comedy. Not, no, I meant that I think it's more successful in the first movie with. Oh Cohen.
1: no, I, I I love I love the fact that it, that it devolves. You say it devolves into a into a buddy comedy, not just because it's funny and they do it well. I I think there's something genuinely quite touching about their relationship. But all right, that's just me. But um, what
0: I, what I was gonna say was I think you alluded to but you said you were going to save it and i assume you're talking about the child yeah in this and movie very strategic move right in a
1: in a sequel to sort of try to humanize the hero or the well not necessarily the hero but the lead of the movie uh, by adding a kid mhm i mean terminator 2
0: temple which, of doom
1: Which Temple of which incidentally came up as the next movie when I was watching this on Hulu. It's like next up, Terminator Two.
0: I'm like,
1: this Hulu doesn't even want me to watch Rambo. Like they would rather I watch uh, (laughs) Terminator because they're all on there. They're like, you probably actually you probably if you're watching Rambo Three, you probably don't want to watch Rambo. You probably want to watch something fun like Terminator Two and Ghostbusters. You, you yeah, your example's great as well. But yeah, Ghostbusters two, mm-hmm. you know, making Peter Venkman more sympathetic. Uh, so it's it's a strategic right. thing that movies of this era do to as, It's an imbass. As, as the star yeah, as the star image of of the actors changes, you know, Schwarzenegger when he did the first Terminator is is a villain and, you know, he's just he's just muscle. By the time he does Terminator Two, he's a star, so they have to account for that. They put the kid in, make him a sympathetic yeah. presence, and it's kind of the same thing here. I, I didn't mind it.
0: I mean, I didn't either. I thought it was handled really well. It's one of those least things. At least they shoot him in the t- leg. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> they, they, there's a kind of nod to like it's sort of like, yes, we're gonna have a kid in this torture-based war movie, but. He's not going to be spared all the violence. Right. But, but I that's was... the other
0: thing about this movie, because this is the. <laughs> I feel very strange saying this, but this is the first time in which there are things happening to people's bodies that are inherently dishonest. <laughs> Why do you feel strange saying that? well because i think you could say that about any of these movies <laughs> but, but, but
1: like why yeah why is that on you to point that uh, out no
0: yeah no. i know but because it feels like i'm sticking up for rambo first blood part 2 in a way i'm not willing to do with this movie but this movie is far more egregious in what happens to the characters that is dishonest if you get shot by a like if you get shot by a helicopter's cannon you're done <laughs> Something that the next movie well, will show us plainly,
1: and I don't, I don't with know with the fifty
0: caliber machine gun. But
1: well, I don't know what the tank that Rambo's in could possibly be made of. Yeah. that would protect him from being, from would allow him to survive being attacked by a helicopter, right? Um, or a fighter jet, I suppose. Uh, you're absolutely right, and I think overall, I think it is kind of sanitized yes. compared to. Oh, certainly First Blood, but also a little bit of part two as well. A part well. two, yeah. Um, I was particularly struck by how long Zayson, the Russian uh, general, <laughs> uh, doesn't torture Troutman. Yeah, right. Until Ro- until Rambo arrives with no motivation. He doesn't
0: even know Rambo's coming. Right. Right. So there's no, it's you can't even claim that... something that's even more egregious in the next movie, right? Oh yeah,
1: but then you know I I, I will get there. But I also I think like one of Last Blood's problems is that it refuses to sanitize what's right. happening. <laughs> um, so yeah, it it just you know it's like we we know that we're gonna spare you, uh, the conveniently spare you, um atrocities that would have absolutely happened right. not necessarily in the real world but even in the kind of fictional world doesn't make sense as to why Troutman wouldn't have been tortured by this point yeah um and i think that again it's it's definitely dishonest but i think this is the kind of movie that is
0: um i mean the worst thing that happens to him is, is he's strung up sense. by his wrists on a rope and there you know it's I kind of wanted him to go. Oh man, did you just fix my back? Thank you. you well, know. he more or less does. <laughs> <I>
1: know. <laughs> you know when when they say what well, you know where is the you know where's where's Rambo or whatever and he's like it's close it's close he's up your ass. I mean, yeah. This movie's sassy. It is. Everyone in this movie is, is sassy.
0: So sassy this movie.
1: Rambo has become this sardonic, dry, pithy wit. Which yeah. has never been in play before. Never.
0: And never ever, really will ever. be again. Just I'm really movie. sorry I got you into this, John. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> and then he scampers when, off to go kill some people.
1: And when the interplay's that good, and it's those two actors doing yeah. it, you don't mind. And it's a, I mean, you get it, You very early on you get a hint that there's something different here. Oh, yeah. About the repartee.
0: Good timing. Um, what are friends for?
1: Well, no, The early on, I think the point at which I, I realized that this was going to be largely a comedy was the discussion of the blue light.
0: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> and by the way, I've forgotten the name of the, of the character, his ally in the Mujahideen.
0: Uh-huh. Great Masoud. performance. Great.
1: Great character. I mean, these are the. I, I, it reminded oh, me. Oh no, of that's like a different the, guy. It reminded me of um, Die Hard Two, Die Harder, where like, there's too many characters in this. They're all ridiculous, but they're so well played. But they're and all well so written. good, <laughs> right? You don't mind, and this was another one where I thought exactly the same. But anyway, they discuss. You know, he they're going through Rambo's equipment, and he says, "This is a blue like." He asked, "What's this?" A blue light. They said, "What does it do?" It turns blue. It
0: turns blue. I
1: mean, I'm getting. I I thought two things. I thought, "Wow, they're really laying, you know, laying the, the, the banter on thick here." Mm-hmm. Uh And definitely, they will lean into that for the rest of the movie. But also, I was thinking that, again, it's like Rambo wanting to branch out a little bit into other. Stallone franchises almost because that could yeah. have been a Rocky Balboa line.
0: Yeah. That's well, not that's really a Rambo because... line. That's a
1: Rocky Balboa line. And
0: and they, you know, they have all kind. Of, like, I think the character is Nassim. Yes. And, and the movie...
1: And let's not forget this movie begins with a fight, like a, yeah. a staged fight. Clearly they're thinking about Stallone's... You know, it makes me think of that Wonderful Simpsons uh, gag... Where uh, Nelson is dressed as a, a cowboy, like a marshal of an old town, and when you know he says, "And I'm 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 Kevin Costner in one of his western roles." Yeah, <laughs> and I thought the same here. Like when he might as well have introduced himself as, "Hi, I'm Sylvester Stallone in one of well, my action he, roles."
0: Right, but Nasim has this great moment where even before I think the blue light. Where he says, I am looking at you and I think you have no experience with fighting or war. Come on, tell me, am I right? I'm right, aren't I?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's
0: beautiful. It's great. And he,
1: but also, I mean, let, let, but let's... Again, I think that, you know, the movie is is being quite overt about that. Like, the, the way he... We've come to know him as this kind of, like, almost a kind of ninja... Yeah. In that, you know, he can camouflage himself. He can blend in. He disappear,
0: can become mud. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, you know, a proto Leon from The Professional.
0: Yeah, right.
1: In this movie, like, he's, his strategy is entirely the opposite it's about being as conspicuous as possible. When he arrives at the yeah. market, the tallest person there with black 80s hair dressed like an american backpacker you know when they say you look like a tourist like you, know, you look like rock a tourist star. it's like you do yeah and i just sort of think like is that part of his cover that he's pretending to be a tourist
0: i had that same thought where i was like wow there's just no attempt to try to conceal yourself i i even said as i said a to the movie out loud rambo you're gonna get caught your bra- <laughs>
1: <laughs> have you learned nothing and then this, you know like nasim um, he says uh, you know I think you're a I think you're a tourist but he almost reacts as if hes um, Rambo says I'm no tourist and then nasim reacts as if that's a code word hmm like the the soft shell crabs in view to a kill. You know, it's like the dynamic changes and it's like, oh, you're the you're the kind of secret op- you know, the secret operator. So
0: very confusing. I'd like but- us to have enough listeners so that they can start betting on themselves. At what minute you'll mention a James Bond movie? <laughs> <laughs> but the scene... Hey,
1: don't you talk to me about Bond movie comparisons. Not only... He is full Bond in this movie. The one-liners. At one point, he fights with a Jaws-like nemesis. Yeah. On a cliff. they've He's gone full Bond here. I, I can't disagree. But I think that's intentional the entire way. And that's why I don't have an issue with it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even... And this is really... Dis- talk about dishonesty. This is me being dishonest. Um, remember when I, when we were doing the diehards and I raised the question, I think it was a, a good day to die hard. No, not a good day to die hard. Live free or die hard. Mm-hmm. I asked, is this still John McClane or is it just Bruce Willis? Human Walnut or whatever. you? Yeah, that's right. Human Walnut. <laughs> I should be asking the same question here because this right. is not first blood John Rambo. By any stretch no, of the imagination, no, no, in no. any shape but, or form. But, we've spoken but I don't to that. care. But I also yeah. don't think it's just Stallone. It's some weird hybrid. No, it's of, a hybrid of all the Stallone roles in because
0: one Because to your point, this is not the third sequel in the series. This is the second sequel in the series of Rambo right. movies. Right. First Blood almost has no place with the rest of these movies.
1: Right. Yeah. And you need to watch them like that, which is why watching them like we do might for once... Might help. <laughs> in, for one time
0: in the entirety of
1: cinema might actually right. be the way to do it.
0: To do it. Alright, let's take another break and then we'll come back and we will finish up Rambo 3. It's very weird to not even be able to say part 3. It's just Rambo 3. Very good, then. <laughs> Go ahead and check out Tua T Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not going to meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. And we're back. Tom and I are here discussing the 1988 film Rambo 3. Listen. (laughs) I want... I want to talk about, I think the thing I want to talk about right now are the stunts in this movie. Did you notice stunts in this movie?
1: Uh, yes.
0: What, what do you mean? Well, specifically, two moments. <laughs> You've seen two this movie, moments, right? <laughs> uh, Yeah. Two, because two, one of the reasons I like this movie as much as I did on this viewing are the stunts. And I did not know that Sylvester Stallone apparently grew up his whole life riding horses, because that doesn't seem like a natural fit. But he did, I learned, and he was playing polo by age eleven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when they're playing, secret this, smart guy, this secret grand, smart guy, the, <laughs> secret smart guy. Thank you, Jessica. Exactly. Sanclare. And and <laughs> when he's when he is playing the disemboweled goat game. (laughs) There is a stunt in that sequence that mesmerizes me. I could like this movie just for that stunt, where he is leaning off to the side of his horse and picks up, in slow motion, Mm -hmm. the dead goat. It's incredible. Yeah.
1: Um, There's so much to say about the disemboweled goat game. For, for me, what really stood out, first of all...
0: But the stunt isn't what yeah, stood yeah, out for it you?
1: it did. I've, I, I've got a lot okay. to say about the slow motion rendering of it, but you, you knew that was coming. Um, right. First of all, it really strikes me, the first two movies are all business, right?
0: Mm-hmm. In
1: this movie, he has time for sports to participate... Right
0: for sports with to local villagers sports,
1: to hang out with a local kid um, yeah. it just strikes me that this is an entirely different scenario environment that we thrust Rambo into um, then of course you know the stunt which is incredible rendered in slow motion which as I always say is never necessary I also don't think it's necessary to show that he's mastered and won Afghani quidditch. <laughs> so that's I mean
0: goat quidditch.
1: It's it's it, I mean I, it made me think uh, well a lot of a lot of the this movie made me think of of Rocky 4 mainly because it's you know it it's doing the same thing of like Putting your hero in a in a foreign context and, in an right. enemy it's war. It's so zone. funny
0: you say that because I had thoughts of that as I was. And watching then the way that he time. proves
1: himself to the country is through mm-hmm. these feats of strength. Like in here in here it's the disembodied yeah. goat game. Uh disemboweled goat game. And you know, in Rocky Rocky IV it's climbing a mountain he climbs mountain. actually he climbs a mountain here too yeah i have the note i have the note captain yeah. rambo is climbing a mountain why is he climbing a mountain to quote behind the scenes, shatner <laughs> star trek 5 um and i think it is all about that it's like it's like the only way that you're gonna ideologically convince people that America American exceptionalism should be global is by going to their country and showing how strong you are physically
0: but that's the thing too because he's showing so you know you're right on that level where the the American exceptionalism is is sort of checked off in the box okay because because he yeah. can play the goat game but that is immediately followed by a helicopter right. attack which is their <laughs> fault. Yes so you know men women and children all die because they brought th- by accident but you know that there was a... Uh, they were sleeping on basically uh, they were whatever. sleeping on the uh, they, job there was a spy there was a spy at the at the at the gun yeah. pickup who went and 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 sold and not sold the them most out.
1: suspicious Russian in the world but in fact just some guy <laughs> some guy from the village yeah. Uh, <laughs> some guy but, well two two things like the first that that is
0: but he's also treated as a hero for shooting down one of the choppers and right
1: which arguably the guy is his Omar fault everyone took their eye off the ball or Masood watching him play
0: his name the actor Spiros Focus he's he's from uh yes. from Jewel of the Nile which we which we'll <laughs> have to do at some point but hopefully very soon um yeah, so he's Omar from Jewel of the Nile, and he's you know he he like flat out says mm. you're a good man. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, what what's?
0: Thanks for killing, being responsible for killing our women <laughs> well, this and may, children. This may God me be think with of you. Like
1: how I I appreciate how this movie's trying to be different. You know, it, it like but also calls back to the previous movies. So I like the fact that they're taking the time to have fun, but they they show that mm-hmm. basically that, that fun makes you vulnerable. You take your you take right. your eye off the ball and the other big all hell thing breaks from... loose. And it's right. But it's kind of like, you know, I, I wrote the note that of course because this is a Rambo movie, no one can have consecutive fun without death around the corner. And this is what happened. Exactly.
0: They, these movies are always concerned with showing the cost of war. Well, the cost
1: of, like, acting like a normal human being in a war zone. <laughs> because yeah. Ko dies, well, not not directly because they kiss, but the I, the implication is that as soon as he lets his guard down...
0: No, yeah, but right, it's the it's the exact moment that that he says, yes, you can come with right. me, we're going to be together forever. He, you know, he, she he dies. makes himself
1: vulnerable, and he gets punished for it. And this happens again and again in all these yeah. movies. Um, right. So, but, he, like you say, here it's not really... It's sort of like it's, it's there in the movie as a trope, but while you definitely feel that with Ko's death, here you don't feel like he was doing anything wrong when the evidence is to the contrary he's supposed to be protecting contrary, them right and he's dragging a goat around the desert for fun <laughs> um so i think that's that that's interesting you know it's interesting like it it this movie is very different tonally but it's doing a lot of the same things the formula is is set now
0: yeah absolutely Yeah, I had a question, because this movie very much does not take place in a jungle, mm. and we're in a desert, which made me constantly ask, does Rambo ever get dehydrated? Hmm.
1: Well, we learn in the... I mean, is it... Never, eating, do never we never drinking. You remind me, it's been a little while since I saw First Blood. Do we establish in the first movie that he's of Indian-German descent, or only in part two? Right, I Just I felt I felt that, but I wanted to check, um, which is basically yeah. sort of it's a short a movie shorthand way of saying he's good in the woods because he's got the Indian and he's <laughs> right. got the German, both very woody people.
0: It's a racist way of saying, yeah, <laughs> they're a very wo- they're both very forest, you know, forest-driven
1: cultures, uh, shall we say?
0: Forest, they're forest they're people, aren't they? Um, You'll be fine. Because Murdoch in the in the second movie even says, "What a combination!" <laughs> well, I, and and
1: you know this this goes to the the previous point of these you know both Troutman and Rambo sticking out like a sore thumb, because Rambo has yeah. to go out round shirtless everywhere, otherwise, as you say, he would die of dehydration. So it's a <laughs> it's this slightly paunchy, albeit. You know, devilishly handsome, sixty-two-year-old man sweating his ass off next to a shirtless, right, Conan right. the Barbarian-looking man. Both of them white, <laughs> in the middle of the Afghani desert, just wandering around. And then they look surprised when
0: the Russians catch up with them. But always,
1: it, you know, I get, I get the feeling. that
0: The number of times that Rambo takes over a vehicle or a chopper and that vehicle or chopper immediately gets shot down Mm -hmm. is astonishing between these first two sequels. Yeah. Yeah, But I have a note here because for the saving Mm -hmm. the Troutman scene, Saving Private Troutman, as ridiculous as it is, it's shot well in a in in a it's shot in a way where I believed it, where I thought this could happen. One man, one Boy, man. Boy, that could scene sneak is well shot.
1: If that's what it made you think, <laughs> I the, the 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 um the first rescue attempt I think is is that's the one I'm talking about. Oh, okay, well he doesn't get him out. No, <laughs> so that's why it's believable. But the getting um, in part. Oh, okay. Well, and also, you know, very... Is this the first part of the first escape rescue attempt or the second rescue attempt? But um,
0: very suspenseful. Like they... thats Yeah, and that's the other part. Yeah. That's and the I fir- thought... It's the first attempt. Because it's, it's, like, per- it's a big sequence. It's like 15 minutes.
1: Yeah. Because if you think about, you know, relative to, to part two, Rambo's straight in there, bow and arrows in the head, Beheading mm-hmm. people. And this is you know, this is like plant the bomb. Go over here, plant the bomb, get under this, go into that.
0: Uh I was walk behind these people. I was darkly amused Turn a corner, they're coming out. Oop, dodge, go back.
1: Yeah. I was darkly amused by how he goes to the two Afghani women in a cage. Right. And goes, American, American. It's like it's like, boy, there's US colonialism. Right. In a in in a nutshell. In a nutshell, yeah. But it's like there are women in cages, and you just want to get the middle-aged guy who is there by his yes. own volition.
0: We do have at least the establishing shot of him saving them later. Saving
1: well, this is it. This is he they were makes, on his mind. They don't play to this in the movies because it's morally abhorrent. But he makes choices. Yeah. He selects who will live and who will die. Right. He did it with the POWs in the last movie. He definitely does it in the next movie. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, but, but this one, is, you, a, a similar thing where it's it's kind of like, he, he's like, I've got to get one prisoner out, the white guy, obviously. Which I fail at. Yeah, which I fail at the first time. Uh, and I'll take a couple of stragglers with me to show that, you know, that I've at least thought about saving some of the people who are in the prison who right. are innocent of anything <laughs> and are actually the victims of this it's like just bring a couple of stragglers and, and it looks better
0: uh, yeah Baffling. but he's able to eventually get them out Not there's all a lot of, of underground tunnel of stuff them. and underground caves I like the cave stuff well that comes that's back that's all big. silly and fun yeah,
1: and, and, and Last Blood is set pretty much entirely in a cave.
0: Yes. So this... Not as much fun, though. You don't have the blue lights. You don't have... This is not specific.
1: No, it's not specific. You don't have fun. the
0: quips between him and, and Richard Crenna. How do you feel? Well done.
1: Oh, well, that's a Bond line right there. <laughs> that's um, great. I just want, I want to kind of marvel at... I mean, the, the tunnels just made me think of it. Stallone's ability to pocket something and bring it back later on in a franchise or even begin a new franchise with it and we didn't talk about this in first blood part two but did you notice him saying in that movie i'm expendable and then co-following up you're not expendable (laughs) Stallone is such a good businessman. He's already plugging a movie that he will make two decades later. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I feel the same here. He's like, "Yeah, tunnels. That's a good idea. Yeah, maybe I'll make a Rambo movie that's just set in a tunnel." <laughs> um, and while we're talking about al- while we we're we were talking about algorithms, and on my IMDb page, when mm-hmm. you go to the Rambo sequels, they give you options of other things to look up. The first one is Big Mouth. <laughs> it's
0: just a straight
1: it's a straight like it's a straight line from the Rambo of uh, Rambo of First Blood Part 2 into the, 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 the Sylvester the Stallone of Big, Big Mouth, Mouth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh that's great I like uh, you know you have a very I'll, I'll give this to you Tom very James Bond fight with that Big villain yeah. on top of the mountain, which is how you know it's kind of deliberate. It's not an accident. He's not
1: accidentally becoming James Bond. It's like we give him all the Bond thing, the Bond. We, we surround right. him with the Bond elements as well, uh, and then the the kickboxing that he exhibits while he right. stick fighting <laughs> comes back so he can kill a man three ways. <laughs> Right. He kicks him off a cliff, <laughs> lets a grenade go off and like and then and and like pushes him off a cliff. It's like one but of those But also hangs is fine. him. Yeah, it's like one of those things is fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> one is enough. I wonder if they're even thinking like, This is Rambo three. Everyone has to die three ways. Yeah. Like well, yours know, like, has...
0: like 3D, you know, but 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 with deaths. There you go. <laughs> and we haven't even mentioned the big gore porn body horror of this movie. Where he gets injured. Oh, he pulls the arrow out of himself? The uh, I think just, what it's is it, like just a piece of wood. Nettle? Yeah, I think it's wood. And so he breaks it off. Then he escapes. It's
1: then such he an asks interesting... for
0: a bullet. And then it's he such... pushes in his body from behind and pushes the wood out, grabs it, and the takes the top of the bullet off, puts gunpowder in the back of his wound, and then lights it so it goes through. I remember yeah. what a big deal that scene was when the movie came out. They were like, you're not going to believe this. It's like a scene from, a you
1: know, like a Hamahara movie. Mm-hmm. You know, once you once you have the gore and the fire, you're in that territory.
0: But followed almost not immediately, but followed by, you know, buddy comedy duo. Yes. You taught us to to ignore pain, didn't you? How's it working? Not great.
1: (laughs) And then can you fly that thing? Let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, To immediately get shot down. But that scene is also fascinating in terms of, you know, that again, they're kind of, like, pull. they're they're pulling back a little bit on the development of, of Rambo as a rounded person, because, you know, the kid is injured, mm-hmm. he's got to get the kid in the seam to safety, and he's like, no, you go, I've got to stay. And all the time he's not telling them that he's dying from a wound. Right. Only after they go does, does he exhibit pain. Yeah. And so it's, like, it's both saying that he cares enough to spare them that, but He's, you know, into super repression mode. So it's actually a nice, it's a nice dynamic to think of Rambo that way.
0: Now, I mean, so we're basically at the end. Do you buy he and Troutman saying, fuck it, and two men taking on an army? Wouldn't these two characters bide their time and just go ahead and be tortured and find a way to escape later? Defined by. <laughs> if you're ask, if you're asking whether. You know I'm asking, sell- do you buy it beyond they needed to find th- they needed to end the movie? If, if you, no, if you're asking if they. Because <laughs> that's the only justification was we're at the end of the movie.
1: <laughs> I I buy it because they're selling it. Okay. Pardon. But, <laughs> I'm also buying it because... It's also,
0: I mean, it does work on the it's level very of great joke. It's very
1: self-referential. It's probably the most self-referential moment in the entire franchise <laughs> where, you know, that their escape is impossible. they are two men, two white men, in the desert surrounded by the Russian army.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And they just look at each other and it's like, we don't even have a writing fix for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I love it on that level, but of course of course it's ludicrous and, and implausible, but you know, I suppose the the very end of the I movie. I think it's kind
0: of the magic of the movie though, isn't it? I agree. It, it, it co- totally fits the tone of the whole rest of this movie. Um So that's why I, it doesn't make me mad.
1: No, it doesn't it doesn't mean it doesn't make me mad at all. Um and I think the payoff is is the, is at the very end of the movie, when Troutman says we're getting soft. Yeah. Because that tells me that there's a through line here of like these guys being past their best and they're starting to loosen up. Right. Uh And it's also where that line "hell of a time for humor," John makes sense. Like, right. You know the idea that it's, it's, it's. Age and experience is kind of weakening them to the point where they can't be so, so angsty and cynical about everything. Right. I mean, that's a ludicrous proposition because, as we know, Rambo is suffering from PTSD. Right. And <laughs> and, and by in all rights, Troutman should problems, be too. This poor guy. Boy. By all rights, Troutman should be too. Also, I, I just want to b- bring up. I'm not what I'm not buying is that Troutman was ever in combat. Hmm. I know he's getting getting old, and I think that's the point they're trying to make. But he stops and goes, we need to take a rest. We've got to take a rest. <laughs> and then he says, like, when they're halfway escaped, we did it, John. Right. I'm like, it's like, this guy is set up to Were be, like, the guy who Were you in charge of other people? <laughs> this guy who taught Rambo everything he knew. <laughs> and he thinks it's over when they just got out of the prison and are exposed, you know, are literally... In the middle of the desert, the, <laughs>
0: anyone can see them. There's there's a long way to go,
1: Troutman. So so I kind of think it all it all pays off with that final line, which I think is beautifully delivered and a really nice moment. Then we go into the credits of you know
0: he ain't heavy, he's
1: my brother, and oh, we remember this is not he ain't like... heavy
0: ellipses, he's my brother,
1: and you realize at this moment I'm sort of like I'm like. Yeah, actually, this movie—you know—for all its for all its propaganda purposes, what this movie is about and what makes it good and rewatchable is that it's just like a it's a it's a uh, a non-sexual love story between two men. Mm-hmm. It's literally it's like I'm gonna rescue him and get him out. By the That's way, it. that
0: song is sung by Bill Medley. Bill Medley. Uh, Med- Medley.
1: <laughs> With Which the lyrics,
0: sounds- "It's a long, long." Long, 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 long road. <laughs> I laughed out loud when I heard how many longs were in long road. I was like, "It's a long road to the end of this fucking song."
1: I also thought that Bill Medley uh, might not be a person and might actually be a software program. Like, <laughs> let's let's put the song into Bill Medley and see what happens. Let's see what happens. But oh. uh, I want to talk about the
0: credits. Well, just before that, just really quickly, I want to say, I remember what I hated most about this movie on a first viewing was watching a a chopper's cannon shoot Troutman in the shoulder and shoot Rambo in the leg. And they just, at the end of the movie, wrap it with white bandages and drive away. And we'll see in the next movie the kind of damage that kind of weapon can actually do to the human body, because... Sylvester Stallone is intent on us knowing what it can do to the body.
1: Right. He's making a very different kind of propaganda.
0: Yeah. And it was what I was referencing (laughs) earlier about the dishonest part of this movie. But again, on this viewing, I totally got it. I was like, this, this, this is what this movie is. This is, this is, this movie actually does what things that parody this movie would do. (laughs) Yeah, it's McBain. It's McBain. And so <laughs> on that level, I have no choice but to appreciate it. Anyway. Yeah, I think
1: by that point, it's A-team enough that they don't even <laughs> right. really need the bandages. They could just get up and dust themselves exactly. off. Exactly. And,
0: and we buy it. <laughs> and we're done. But All right, I, to, to the credits. Credits.
1: Credits. Okay. Okay. Oh, how long have you got? Uh, we've talked about Day for Night. Sand for snow. <laughs> right. How about Arizona for Afghanistan? Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> yes. Which they make sense of by having Rambo being from Arizona,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which they saddle themselves with that now, and, it, and they're stuck with it for the next <laughs> two movies. Okay. First of all, the credit that begins, Weapons Furnished By. I have never seen that credit before or since
0: in a movie. Well,
1: you Weapons see it in the furnished uh, by
0: Israel. Right. Cuz some of this movie was shot in Israel too, Tel Aviv. The irony, yes. I I yeah. This movie, this is pure adulation of Muslim people and culture
1: and the the, the arms <laughs> in order to stage that movie were provided by Israel. <laughs> Helicopters have their own section of the credits. Go on. That's all I got. Okay. (laughs) Again, I've never seen a helicopter, like I've never seen a a set of credits broken up with a section just for helicopters before before this movie. Well, in
0: regards to the weapons, it's this series of movies because all the movies give credit to the knife maker. And so in previous movies, I've seen credit to the knife maker. But to your point, we have credit not just to the knife maker, but then to the people who furnish the weapons.
1: Right. Got it. Yeah, half, half the American government credited the movie. Credited. We talked about that. Clearly, this is a propaganda movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then, no of course, there. ending by which we've talked about already but the the, what? the you know giving dedication. credit to the to the dedication to the brave men and women
1: yeah that I mean that's all I had but that's all astonishing that's yeah. all
0: astonishing to me I'm with you uh, yeah that's that's just anything else before we go
1: uh well I mean uh, here's here's a, just a a question just because you, you've alluded to this series being in two very distinct parts mm-hmm. and this is the end of the first this part. This is the
0: end of the first part, right. Do you feel like
1: they were ending the series here?
0: Ooh. Because I'm in two no. minds. Yeah. I never it, I'd never never given it a conscious thought, but it does not feel like a full circle.
1: Well, at the beginning of the movie, was a full circle, but according to Troutman, that's the problem. You're Right, exactly. He says, Rambo says, I've gone full circle, and Troutman's like, no, no, that's no, a bad thing. No, 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 you're a killer. Come on. It's <laughs> like, what, that he's happy and
0: well-adjusted is a bad thing? But that's another theme for all of these movies. A man who's tried to found... A niche for him to live, in which he can survive, mm. basically the the peril of his own terrible thoughts, and then is brought out of retirement to, yeah, to you know go waste deep in, into things that are going to break re break his mind. I mean, I I think there's mixed
1: messages here because. Uh, the the kid says, you know, will you come back and join us? And he says, maybe next time. I mean, U.S. Mm-hmm. history got in the way there, so he can't he can't rejoin oh. the, the Taliban.
0: <laughs> I've got I've got. Yeah, exactly. I've got one last thing I'll tell you about this movie from the director, Peter McDonald. A yeah. quote I have, which is he feels the bad backs, the bad box office was because Russians withdrew from Afghanistan before the movie was released, but then takes credit and says he's happy that the movie may have helped contribute to their withdrawal. (laughs) Yeah, there's nothing
1: like saying that you're the the Credit where
0: credit is not due.
1: Yeah, well, there's there's a way to shame people and it's not... By saying that you are the scum of the earth. <laughs> uh, so, so they, you know, they say they say maybe next time, which you know translates as let's leave the door open for a sequel. Um, then they say, you know, Trapman says we're getting soft, mm-hmm. and that to me is a clear indication of like we're too old for this shit, yeah. basically. But. And and interestingly, prior to I read that prior to uh, baking both Rocky Balboa and Rambo, Stallone publicly said, "I'm too old to play either of these characters right. anymore." And so it's kind of like, yeah, it's 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 like it feels like the end of the series, but you know, as we we said, he just can't leave leave things well enough alone alone. Yeah, and uh, but I'd be again like I'm. I'm. You're, you're going to tell me in the next episode, but I'm. In, I'm interested from this point onward. You know what's the impetus to come back? You know right. how much is it to reestablish, to give Rambo and you know Rambo franchise an ending the way that Rocky Balboa gives the Rocky series an ending? Right. Or how much is it like stuff's going on in Burma that people need to know about? Then, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, if we tack on a Rambo, we,
0: we can, can probably get it, mate. Harvey Weinstein will
1: probably go for
0: it. <laughs> nice last punch. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you have something to get off your chest about Rambo 3, something we missed, please your let us know. Greased
1: chest.
0: <laughs> Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Leave us a send us an email to everything at gmail.com. Please rate and review us. Say goodbye, Tom. Uh maybe next time. Very good then. For Tom Stewart from Lonesome Whistle Productions, I'm Michael Schatz of the Howderry Awards. We'll see you next time for Rambo. Period oh. done. End of the story. Oh. No four. <laughs>